Welcome to Beyond the Lines. I'm your host, Jason Davis. You can follow this podcast on Facebook at Beyond the Lines Podcast, on Instagram, Beyond the Lines Podcast, and also on Twitter at underscore Beyond the Lines. Today's episode, I'll be talking about youth athletes and the issue of race. Throughout American history, black athletes have been persecuted, criticized, and silenced for using their public platform to fight for social issues that are opposite to the thoughts of dominant white culture. This has often kept players from coming together in force to protest around common causes. That all changed with the shooting of Jacob Blake, who was shot in the back seven times by a Kenosha, Wisconsin police officer. Professional athletes across the country refused to play in scheduled games or matches. The players' strike was led by teams from the NBA and WNBA, leagues that are predominantly black. Public support for the athletes helped to gain influence in the current fight for racial justice, even though the strike only lasted a couple of days. Just like any other human being, athletes do have a right to speak up and to point out things in this country that cause them harm. People's narratives are used to support whatever agenda it is they want to push. For instance, Laura Ingram told LeBron James to quote, shut up and dribble when he criticized Donald Trump. But when Drew Brees said it was disrespectful to kneel during the anthem, she said that Drew Brees should be using his platform to speak on issues. There's research that shows children as young as four can learn racism. By preschool, they may have already internalized harmful racist attitudes. The silver lining is that exposure to different races at an early age can significantly reduce a child's bias. In a study conducted by researchers at the University of Toronto, four to six-year-old Chinese children were asked to use an app that challenged them to recognize black faces. After two sessions, researchers saw a reduction in their implicit bias. Doctors and researchers embrace the study because they see early involvement in sports as an effective mechanism for breaking down racism in kids. Youth sports can be a great way to promote inclusivity in children. Dr. Andrew Brutus, a clinical and sport performance consultant at Synergistic Solutions, states, quote, Given the studies suggesting that early exposure to bias awareness and training, it would seem likely that early sports participation, specifically within the context of working alongside teammates of diverse backgrounds, Yes, youth sports can be one of many available effective tools to address racial biases in young children, end quote. Inclusivity is just one benefit to playing sports, and those benefits don't just stay on the playing field. Some of the skills learned in sport participation can also transfer for youth into the classroom setting. Researchers feel youth sports can reduce bias and promote diversity in children. Here's four ways. Number one, expose children to diverse authority figures. According to the University of Toronto study, developing a personal relationship with one black individual was enough to help preschoolers rethink previously developed negative attitudes. That's because coaches, teammates, and parents of teammates have a significant influence on our future selves. Dr. Brutus states, quote, there can be a number of benefits to having teammates and or coaches of diverse backgrounds like exposure to different values, belief systems, approaches, goal orientation, and motivational styles, end quote. Number two, learn the importance of teamwork and relationships. 
Sports are a great opportunity for youth to work together, forcing them to interact with and rely on teammates from a variety of backgrounds in order to be successful. Increased exposure to and engaging with individuals of diverse backgrounds helps to humanize others. Also, many young athletes say that their first best friendships were established during sports. Those relationships often turn out to be lifelong. Youth sports can be one of the earliest opportunities young children receive to diversify those circles. Number three, provide new frameworks for thinking. Children learn many of the negative messages about other groups from being surrounded by those with few experiences that challenge those messages. As a result, children internalize these biases and see others as less than. By interacting with a diverse group of individuals in youth sports, children are faced with the need to challenge previous harmful perceptions of other groups. This is especially beneficial for children that come from non-inclusive environments. And number four, teach inclusivity to adults and parents. Children aren't the only ones to benefit from an expanded network of authority figures gained through coaches and other parents on sporting teams. For parents, sports provide an opportunity to extend their own support networks. If you're a parent with a child that's involved in youth sports, you can certainly benefit from your child's participation. It increases your circle of influence and support by gaining exposure to other parents who are also going through the sport parent experience. Before I get into the interview with my special guests, I have a few interesting side notes for you. Number one, non-Caucasian females are more likely than their male counterparts to be non-athletes, taking a quote double hit by both gender and race discrimination. Number two, only 16% of all boys and 15% of all girls who participate in youth sports are African American. Number three, only 15% of male athletes and 17% of female athletes are Hispanic. Number four, Only 12% of Asian boys and 8% of Asian girls play sports. Now, it's not only limited to race, but location as well. Children living in urban areas have fewer opportunities to access organized sports. 80% in the city versus 89% in the suburbs. 25% of all teenage girls who live in cities have reported that they have not had the chance to participate in any type of organized sport. So now, let's meet this episode's special guests. So on the show today, we have Avery. She's 14 years old. She's in eighth grade. She plays soccer and volleyball. We also have Cayman, who's a sixth grader. He's 12 years old, and he plays basketball. Welcome to the show, guys. Hey, thanks. Thanks, thanks for having me. Thank you. All right, so today uh, we're talking about the issue about race and what teen athletes uh, think about the issue of race going on today uh, in our country. And I'll start off with you, Avery. How have we as parents adults, coaches, et cetera, handle the issue of race in general? Like, how do you guys handle it? So how have we handled in terms of making the race issue better for everyone uh, across the country and not only in sports, but in life in general, how have we made it better if we made it better at all? I feel like you guys have definitely have taught kids how to be very respectful towards others and that everyone matters no matter their skin tone. And like, you shouldn't judge people based off what their skin color is. Not everyone is the same. Okay. And what about you, Cayman? What are your thoughts on that? I agree with Avery. I think that you adults have handled it very well and that you have taught us that it doesn't matter about your race and that it matters about what's inside of you and the person you are. Absolutely. Uh, So I'll ask you this question, Avery. What role has social media played positively and or negatively in dealing with the racial issue? So negative is definitely people being able to just hide behind a screen and saying stuff. 
and all that they can like for example cyberbullying like cyberbullying and racism on social media can be really bad because they're just hiding behind a screen and positively people can definitely also bring other people up a lot on social media so that's definitely a positive okay so Cayman, have you ever been in a situation where friends, teammates, or even coaches have said something derogatory or racially insensitive? And if so, how did that make you feel? How did you handle that moment? I don't think I've ever experienced that yet. I don't think that nobody's ever made any of those types of comments or statements to me. In sports, we've also seen on TV, and you guys have seen on TV, uh, and not only in sports, but again, in just general life, we've seen protests. Black Lives Matter, we've seen other protests because of racial injustice. So based on the climate and how things have been going, say over the past year, how has that made you feel? What are your thoughts on the way things have been over the past year? I think that the way things have been over the past year have just, I think it's not good. I mean, just people being killed by cops and just hatefulness. I mean, there's been hate crimes committed and it's just, it's not good. And what are your thoughts, Avery? I agree fully with him. It's just a whole bunch of craziness, like, and the riots and all that. It's just very hateful and crazy. Now, each of you play a sport where professional athletes in your particular sport have protested openly and voiced their feelings and opinions about the racial injustice problem in this country. And you two sort of represent sort of a cross-section of what youth athletes look like right now. And so that's a, a good reason why I have you guys on the show. So what are your thoughts on those athletes who have expressed their feelings openly about the racial injustice in this country? I'll start with you, Avery. Well, I think that it is good to get their opinion out as long as it's like a positive opinion, because some of those athletes may have done it very negatively and expressed it very negatively. But I feel like if they do it in a positive way, like in a positive manner, it would be good. Okay. And Cayman, we've certainly seen where many of the NBA players, in fact, all of the NBA players in some form or fashion have voiced their opinions in terms of the racial injustice in this country. We've seen them take knees. They've worn t-shirts. When you see NBA players protesting in that manner, and you're a basketball player, what are your thoughts when you see that? I see that. And I want to do that same thing. I mean, I want to fight this as much as they do. If I had the money, I would help pay for shirts and all that to help end racial inequality. And so we know that there's a lot of uh, backlash that came with, say, LeBron James and many of the other NBA players. Do you think that criticism was fair of LeBron James and the NBA players and also even the NFL players when they've protested the racial injustice in this country? No, I did not think that was fair because they're fighting for what they believe in. People are just criticizing them based off of what they think. They never stop to think about what they think and what they feel. Absolutely. So Avery, within your soccer team or even in your volleyball team, has race ever been discussed? And if so, what topics surrounding race is discussed or have been discussed? No, for neither of those sports, race has never been brought up because we all love each other very much and we don't care about each other's skin tones. We just play the sport and we love each other. Great. Now, we just ended February, uh, and obviously February is Black History Month. If each of you could meet Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., what would you ask him? I'll start with you, Avery. I would probably ask him out of him, like out of his like entire family, how come he thought that he could definitely do it, if that makes any sense. No, it absolutely does. I, I get exactly what you're saying. What would you ask him, Cayman? 
Yeah, I agree with Avery and how she said, why did he think that it was his job to be the one protesting and why it should have been him and not somebody else? Now, do either you feel that if it wasn't Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that perhaps it may or may not have been someone else at all? I'll start with you, Avery. I feel like eventually it would definitely be someone else, but I feel like in his time, it wouldn't because obviously people were scared to stand up to the cops and all that, considering what they would do to them, which is like absolutely terrible. So a lot of people were scared, but then he finally, you know, was brave. He was brave enough to do everything and which has led us to now. Absolutely. Uh, I want to kind of get away from the topic for just a second here. I want to ask you guys and get your opinion on an episode I did a couple of weeks ago. I talked about women in male dominated sports. And so I'd like to get your opinion, both of your opinion on this uh, topic. So I'll start with you, Avery. Uh, I had a 15 year old female wrestler on. She's a high school wrestler. When I asked her about women in male-dominated sports, such as the first women to referee a Super Bowl game, there's a woman who's coaching minor league baseball for the Boston Red Sox, and I asked her what was her opinion or her thought about that, and she said, she mentioned that women are becoming more independent. What are your thoughts on that? I agree 100% with her. Women are women are really becoming a lot more independent. They are stepping into a lot of what would regularly be like things that males would do. So women are definitely being more independent. Okay. And you came in? Yeah, I agree with that statement 100%. I think that women are now getting confidence to do things that men can and step out and say, hey, we can do this and anything you can. So finally, uh, last question for you guys. I began the show asking each of you how we as parents, adults, coaches, et cetera, have handled the race issue. What would be your advice or suggestion to us adults about how we should improve the race issue? Because obviously at this point, we have a long way to go. We have made progress, but there's a long way to go. So what would you guys suggest or what kind of advice would you give us in order to make it even better? I'll start with you, Cayman. If I could give them advice, I would say that they should just continue to teach us not to hurt other people and not to just not to be violent. Okay. And you, Avery? I agree fully with that statement. And I would also continue to tell them to continue to teach kids how everyone matters, doesn't matter on their gender, their race, their anything. Just everyone matters the exact same and everyone's equal. Excellent advice from both of you. I really appreciate you guys being on the show. I wish you guys the best of luck in your particular sports. And as you guys move forward, Cayman, I know you just started middle school, so you have a couple more years to go. Avery, you'll be moving into high school. So I wish both of you the best of luck. Whatever you guys choose to do, do it with 100%. Do it with confidence and keep moving forward. Don't turn back, okay? Okay. All right. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for having us. I'd like to thank Avery and Cayman for joining the show and sharing their thoughts. So what are the three takeaways from today's episode? Number one, expose your child to diverse groups of people. Number two, embrace and encourage your child to learn from an authority figure that comes from a different culture. And number three, teach your child that sports is a great way to learn about other people and cultures. That's it for episode number seven. If you found this episode helpful, I ask that you share it with three of your friends. If you enjoy this podcast, I ask that you subscribe. Please tune in next week when my very special guest will be talking about character and today's athletes. You won't want to miss it. As always, thanks for listening. Take care.